bring this one to the Archivum. The show is about to begin. Hello and welcome to Live from Ulduar, a World of Warcraft community roleplay podcast hosted by myself. My name is Kitch Goldwatt, and you are listening to episode one of what I hope uh, becomes a very, very successful way for people in the roleplay community to sit down with me and talk about things that they're really passionate about, whether that be uh, their character, uh, an event that they're writing, a story that they're writing, or maybe it's just a, a certain topic, a certain niche in the RP community. Introductions and first impressions are difficult, especially with this concept and with this podcast, because the World of Warcraft RP community is so unbelievably, excuse me, so unbelievably broad. Uh, it's really hard to know what's going on inside of the WoW community, uh, the roleplay community, unless you're already kind of inside the door. Me personally, I just joined uh, Twitter, World of Warcraft Community RP Twitter, and the amount of knowledge that was opened up to me is is vast. It's It was vast, and I was not on World of Warcraft Twitter until, like, March of this year, uh, and I'd been role-playing on WoW, like, two years prior, so there really is always something to discover with WoW RP, and that's the goal of this podcast, is to hold a microphone uh, and a magnifying glass up to these very specific niches in the WoW community and expand upon them and talk about them, about how interesting they are and just how much artistry goes into them. As I said, my name is Kitch. Uh, You may know me from a few places. Uh, If not, that's totally okay. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. But if you do know me, it's probably because uh, you follow me on Twitter or because you attend my event, the Crash Cog Cup, or maybe you've heard of it. Um, The day that I am recording this, it is May 30th, and we just had... Uh, race three out of four of the Crash Cog Cup last night. Uh, it went incredibly well. It really did. Uh, we raced at the Sargeri Circuit, which of course is just a moniker for the Tomb of Sargeris, which we turned into a racetrack because you can do that with WoW. Uh, the way that I explain the Crash Cog Cup to people who are not familiar with it is that it's really just a Mario Kart, but you know, attuned for the World of Warcraft game. And it's a lot of fun, but speaking of events, tonight I am taking Kitsch to another event. Uh, We're going to have one of the coordinators of this event later on the show to talk about it, and of course that is the Azerothian Boxing Association. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about ABA because, you know, I want uh, Zale Marlfox, one of the coordinators, to sell it to you in the way that it was certainly sold to me. But a disclaimer, ABA is an exceptional event, uh, a roleplay boxing event that has uh, a really amazing group of coordinators, a really great cast of pugilists, as they call them. Um, It's exciting to watch, and it's really just impressive overall. So I'm so excited to have Zale on the show later today, and we're going to pick out his brain for a, a few things about ABA, because I certainly have questions, and I'm sure you do as well. But before we get there, I do want to talk a little bit about what this show is, what it's not, what you can expect, things like that. So starting with, uh, you know, <laughs> what Live from Old War is, it's kind of got, you know, a late night show vibe to it. So you can imagine the goal is to have as many people on the show uh, as we can to talk about different things happening in the World of Warcraft community. The goal is at least one person on the show every episode to talk about something, whether that be 
an event that they're running or a topic that they feel especially passionate about, or maybe we just bring them on and we have them spill about their original character, and that could be an entire episode. Um, it's really quite freeform, and I'm very excited about that specifically. Um, as far as topics go, you know, sometimes maybe I'll just talk about a topic that I kind of want to cover on my own. Uh, things like, you know, uh, market roleplay or uh, how to find the guild that's right for you when it comes to roleplay or, you know, how to make an attractive looking TRP profile. Things that, you know, I have a lot of experience with and that I feel like I could cover alone. But there is an absolute horde of topics that I don't feel qualified to talk about from my personal perspective. So again, that's when we're going to bring in guests and we're going to have them talk about you know, their experiences, and we're going to just paint a really large picture for you, uh, multifaceted, so you can kind of get all of the angles from the WoW community. Moving on to what this podcast isn't, um, in case you didn't, you know, notice already, this is not about World of Warcraft content. We're not going to talk about, uh, you know, Patch 9.1, which at this time is on the horizon. We're not going to talk about Mythic Plus, Mythic Rating, uh, we're not going to talk about Battlegrounds, PvP, we're not going to talk about any of that. Um, this is purely a podcast dedicated to the World of Warcraft roleplay community, because, you know, it's niche, and I love it, and I want to talk about it. Uh, this is also not an out-of-character or OOC, as you'll hear me call it, podcast. This is not about uh, drama, the drama in the World of Warcraft roleplay community. Um, so it's not about OOC drama, we're not going to be talking about which guild is causing the most, you know, net controversy in Stormwind this week. We're not going to talk about things like that, because, you know, the negativity, we want to keep it separate, we want to keep it out of the good vibes only Old War space. We're just going to talk about the good things, the positive things. Just, you know, things that I feel um, deserve some attention and uh, deserve to be appreciated just a little bit more. Talking a little bit about myself for a second, just so we can get it out of get it out of the way in the first episode. My real life, uh, my real life, excuse me, my real life name is Caleb, um, and I've been playing World of Warcraft since 2009 in Burning Crusade. Uh, but I started role playing uh, like kind of officially in the World of Warcraft role play community um, back during Legion. I think it was like mid Legion when I started uh, role playing on my first character who was <laughs> admittedly a human warrior whose dad was you know dead because uh, everyone's first character is a little bit of an archetype let's be honest <laughs> but he was certainly an archetype um, and I joined my first guild on him and that was kind of how I got introduced to the role play community um, and ever since then I have really just taken an amazing tour of you know wow RP and just enjoyed so many different facets, so many different niches, and an absolute legion of so many wonderful artists and writers and, uh, you know, storytellers, uh, people who uh, are still friends with me to this day that I met years ago, and we still chat just because we have such a great love for each other's characters and a great love for each other's approach to roleplay. Um, so that's, you know, kind of my past with roleplay. Um, after I had my human warrior, I then evolved into uh, a night elf hunter, a night elf hunter named Tarconis. He was the character that I started my first roleplay guild on, uh, the Isle of Wintervane. Uh, and that was a really great project that I worked on. Uh, it's still kind of ongoing. Uh, we're kind of discussing bringing it back for another, another campaign, a little mini campaign as it is. He's kind of like a footnote to, you know, the next character, who of course is Kitsch, but, you know, a very valuable one. I think I learned the most about roleplay on Tarconis. 
uh, because as a guild leader, I was able to meet so many great mentors who helped me learn how to plan good events, uh, how to talk about consent um, and permission with players, and how to create an environment that's safe for everyone to be creative. Um, so forever grateful for that period of roleplay with Tarconis. However, <laughs> the creme de la creme, of course, is Kitch Q Goldwatt, who is my current OC, and I have to say probably my favorite. Um, I do want to spill just a little bit about him because, you know, I, I like talking about my OC. Come on, let me let me have this. <laughs> uh, Kitch is a Titanforged mechanome uh, who originated in the depths of Ulduar. Uh, he was very much a factory drone who worked with, you know, all of the other Titanforged mechanomes on all of Mimiron's projects. Um, I had canon that he had a very small part in building, like, the Flame Leviathan. He had a very small part in building, you know, V07TRON. Uh, just, you know, little things that tie him in. But um, his story is interesting because he actually... He was in the Siege of Ulduar. If you're in the Siege of Ulduar and you're in the vehicles and you and you look up, you see um, you see like the the gnomes, the mechanomes flying in gyrocopters. And one day when I was running uh, for Memoron's head, as I'm sure many of you know Ulduar from Memoron's head, I was looking up and I was like, you know, what if one of those was just Kitsch? And uh, ever since I was like, that's my headcanon. One of those is Kitsch. Um, and of course, you know, you shoot those gyrocopters down in the siege tank. And I was like, oh my gosh, get this, get this. Uh, Kitsch was in a gyrocopter. He got shot down um, and he like crashed in like the frozen sea. So he basically he crashed. He had a period of where he was just was kind of incapacitated. And then he wakes up in a, basically a whole new body. No idea what happened five years later. Most importantly, he's not controlled by Mimiron anymore, and he's not controlled by Yogg-Saron. So he's kind of his own person, and he has this great story, a uh, continuous story, where he's journeying out to Azeroth and trying to figure out, you know, what place a robot has among all of these mortal creatures and figuring out, you know, his place in the world. He has an affinity for siege technology, because Ulduar uh, being corrupted by Yogg-Saron and subsequently Mimiron being corrupted by Yogg-Saron and having this need to build destructive weapons, that of course trickled down to the Mechanomes and then of course to Kitsch. So Kitsch really has an interest in siege weaponry, he he enjoys himself an explosive almost as much as a goblin, um, but he's a little bit more refined and I find him to be such a fascinating story to tell. And me and him are similar enough that me and him, you know, he's compelling to play because I understand what he's going through at times, but he's different enough that it's challenging, uh, and I don't feel like I'm just self-inserting myself. We all kind of have that fear. So that's a little bit about Kitsch. Um, and of course, you know, I kind of want to bring people on the show to talk about their OCs. I want to bring people on to chat about stories like, like Kitsch's, you know, and just spill to me about, you know, what makes their character their character, because um, it is so much fun to hear. And uh, there was a there was a meme that went around in the in the Twitter community uh, originated by Songs and Sorcery. Um, many of you know them as Intim and Dive Roll. Um, they did this iceberg meme uh, where they like put their OC in tears, like things about their OC. Um, and on like the very tip of the iceberg is things that everyone knows about their OC. So like for Kitsch, it was like, oh, he's a robot. Oh, he's like a jailbroken, you know, mechanome. Oh, he doesn't like kids, <laughs> like just stuff like that. But then moving down the list, these tiers get more and more like, oh, you probably don't know this thing about my character. And I think having people on the show is such a great opportunity to discover all of those different tiers. Because 
very seldom do things at like the bottom of our character's iceberg surface for roleplay. Um, because it's intentional that those things are like not necessarily like unimportant or background factors, but maybe your character wants to keep them hidden and the likelihood of those things coming to light are just, it's not going to happen, not going to happen. Um, but the character who plays, uh, or excuse me, the person who plays that character can come on our show and talk about it and just kind of spill about it, which I think is going to be uh, so fascinating, so cool. Um, and along that same vein, if you would like to be on Live from Ulduar, uh, there is a Discord community that we have developed. At the time that I'm recording this, I actually don't know if Spotify or the platform that I post this on will let me post a link to our Discord community in the description. Um, check there first. I hope that they let me do it and there's not like a weird, you know... Uh, ruled against it. So check there for the Discord community link first. And if there's no luck there, you can find it on my Twitter at KitchGoldWatt, spelled K-I-T-C-H-E, and then GoldWatt spelled G-O-L-D-W-A-2-T's. Uh, so yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at KitchGoldWatt. Join our community. We already have so many great people giving so many great suggestions about topics. Uh, we already have people lined up to be guest hosts. And it's going to be a super, super great time. And I'm excited. So join up. We'll give you a big group hug. And we'll get down to the nitty gritty nerdiness of, of the roleplay community and talking about the podcast. On the topic of uh, guest hosts, or excuse me, guest stars, um, I would like to take this moment to invite Zale Marlfox on the show in just a moment. Um, again, he is the coordinator, or at least one of the coordinators of the Azerothian Boxing Association. And for the next period of time, me and him are just going to be talking about ABA. Uh, I have a list of questions here that I'm going to, gonna, gonna uh, you know, bug him with. So stand by and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go get him. Incoming transmission. Optimizing audio. Optimization complete. Welcome. And we're back with Zale Marlfox. Say hello, Zale. Hey, guys. What's up? So Zale here is is two things uh, to me personally. He is uh, both my guild master for uh, United Aegis. Uh, but more than that, he is also the uh, one of the coordinators of the Azerothian Boxing Association. So, uh, Zale, I've, I've written down a little uh, entourage of questions to assault you with. Uh, and we're just going to chat. We're just ch going to chat about ABA. I like that. Hit me with them. What all right. All right. Um, so first, uh, I guess for all of the people out there who have never heard of ABA, uh, in the previous segment, I mentioned that it is, you know, a roleplay boxing event. But from you personally, how would you describe uh, ABA? Just kind of tell us about it. Well, I definitely want to reiterate that it is definitely an RP event uh, with some people who have come through and asked me about it, even in real life now, actually, some of it has gotten out in real life. They, they've been a little confused, but it's I equate it to like boxing in D&D &D, to people who aren't familiar with it. But uh, aside from that, given what is obvious, it's equal parts combat RP and performance RP, where there are groups out there who do fantastic performances. They're choreographed. It's all pre-planned. And then there's groups out there who do combat RP. They just throw people into a ring or into a mud pit. They let the roles decide and it gets grungy and violent and dirty. And it's a little bit of both of those. What we have is a group of contenders who a group of contenders who want to pro provide an experience for people that's more than just your average roll 20 do damage and get a reward at the end of it. What we have 
is a spectator sport. And as far as I can tell, that's one of the few things that we don't have in the RP community is a legitimate spectator sport. So what we did is we built an environment where we could create celebrities, in-character celebrities for people. Their characters can go around with actual titles and have these experiences in the ring who have been on the teleprompter, who have been on the radio, who have been in the newspaper. And it, that's basically what it is. It warms my heart to see people living the, living the dream. Uh, and, so, you know, from a spectator perspective, I can say that you guys are doing a fabulous job because with the way that Thank things you. are, you know, promoted, uh, you give all of your uh, your pugilists, uh, you give them a title, which I think is so fascinating and great. Um, I guess a spinoff question. Do you guys pick their kind of like their identity for them or do they kind of choose their own little like uh, boxer title? Oh, we don't pick a single thing. Everybody character, everybody brings something new to the ring. Every person is unique. Every character is unique. Uh, heels come out of the woodwork. Faces rise to the challenge. We have people who never stepped into a boxing ring in their life, and they win their match against somebody who it just would have ne you would have never expected it, but they come out on top and they move on and they have a career out of it. Everything is completely off the cuff. It's it's organic and natural. And to it, it's, it really is. I mean, it's a beautiful sport to watch. Uh, I watched it in season one. I went twice on Kitsch and then once on like a night elf of mine that I don't play anymore. But uh, I've seen three of them before and they're they really are just beautiful to watch. And you're so right about it being, you know, equal parts performance. And it's also, you know, a D20 setup, uh, which, by the way, is, is an outstanding setup that you guys have. Thank you. Um, and I guess uh, on the track of you mentioning people's careers in the boxing event, uh, we should talk about the career of, you know, Azerothian uh, Boxing Association itself. Uh, so I guess give us like a timeline. How long has ABA been happening? Uh, how did it all kind of come together? Things like that. Well, that's actually funny you asked. There is sort of it's an interesting start to it. The ABA did not start out as the ABA, Azerothian, Box Azerothian Boxing Association did not start out as something we intended to make a thing. It originated at the 2020 World's Fair Carnival. And what happened was we were approached to create a system for 1v1 sparring or dueling or something of the sort where people could sign up for an event and go to it and potentially win something as part of the World's Fair Carnival's lineup of events. And uh, what we came up with was boxing. I was, at the time, I was kind of on a, a, a punch-out kick, and I was really digging that, and Little Mac and all that. So uh, myself, a few people who share common interests in this kind of event, got together, tested it out, fine-tuned the rules, and that became the foundation for what ABA would later become. What happened was, after World's Fair Carnival, after all of the hype and after everybody got their prizes, people were still buzzing about it. And we asked, like, hey, do you guys want more of this? And the answer was, was a loud and resounding yes. Everybody <laughs> was so gung-ho about it that we just couldn't not make the ABA a thing. So we did. Right. And I mean, I'm certainly glad you guys did. It's been a great uh, second season so far. We are in season two. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um. So I, tonight is actually kind of fun because, you know, uh, after right after we do this interview, uh, it is uh, May 30th. So we have a grudge match coming up um, and I'm excited to go. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, of course, be there on Kitsch. Um, 
And while I personally have looked at your guys' D20 mechanics, uh, and I admire them greatly, it's kind of a, a little bit of a mystery to people who uh, aren't, you know, maybe in the Discord, who haven't auditioned. So uh, explain just uh, in your own words, how do the fights work? Well, let me just start out and say it's almost it's a little bit by design that the rules themselves are a mystery. We don't go advertising like the the minutia of how the rules work because we don't want people going there and watching the rolls and ignoring the emotes and just like trying to like you know getting an idea of what's going to happen before it happens there's a few steps that take place but for the most part once you learn the rules they're very intuitive we do want it to just feel organic uh the rules are simple though when you really get down to it there are three rounds in about and each round is split into 10 turns that's basically every turn uh, both contenders roll 20 and compare those rolls. The higher roll goes first and they get to land the first blow. And depending on that roll and their opponent's roll, different things can happen. For example, if somebody were to roll a total of 15 or higher over their opponent, they knock them down. Likewise, if they roll a nat 20, they knock them down. Or if their opponent rolls a 1, they knock their opponent down. Once an opponent is knocked down, they then have to roll to get back up. And again, going back to that whole punch out kick that I was on when I was kind of putting this whole thing together, it sort of equates to like the counting up. So what they do is they roll 20 and in order to stand, they need to beat their lost stamina at that point, at which point the ref, usually myself or Rosie, will do a quick little count up for them and then they stand. If they don't beat their lost stamina they're knocked out, as if to say they didn't get up before the count of 10. Each contender starts with 10 stamina. Uh, I mentioned that you have to beat your lost stamina. You start with 10, and each hit you take reduces your stamina by 1. If you get to 0, you're knocked out. There's also one more layer to it, and that's the knockdowns. If you're knocked down 3 times in a bout, you lose by technical knockout, or TKO. Again, going back to that whole punch-out kick that I was on. Yeah. And that's pretty much the extent of it. And it was really interesting, speaking of, you know, the uh, three knocks down, the fact that the, your guys' uh, premiere fight for season two, uh, that th- those roles were ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god, from, they were. <laughs> from, your, from your perspective, I would like you to do a little retrospect on it, because it, I, I wish, I mean, seriously, if you missed that fight, you missed out. Oh man, yeah, no, just thinking about that again, like, the last... So our first official match of the season, not the grudge. You're talking about the grudge match between Rosie and Rana, right? Um, no, it was this the previous was, champion. Uh, I think it was actually between Dastin and Aramel, actually. And then was he the one? Oh, who, that one. Was that the one that had all of the nat ones and nat twenties? That one was intense. Yeah. So that was our first match of the season. Like actually the first fight. That one was intense, but it's funny you mentioned that because there was an even more in- intense one almost directly before that. We had sort of, it was impromptu. Uh, I'll let me step back a little bit and explain a little bit. Rosie, one of our contenders who has been head over heels for this event, they are gung ho for it. They love the sport, and I bless them for it. Like, they love the sport. Uh, in character, they have a little bit of a rivalry with any of our champions. So Rana, being our champion for 2020, uh, goes undefeated. It's it's goes without saying they were undefeated. Rosie has only ever lost to champions, so her character had it out for Rana. So before the season even started, they got together. They wanted a grudge match in 
Damn it, we gave it to them. And that match, that match went into the third round. There was nat 20s, nat 1s. They were hanging on by a thread. By the end of it, they were halfway through the third round. Everybody was just at the edge of their seats. They were biting their lips. The whole thing was just coming down to it. They got down to 1 HP each halfway through the third round. And finally, Rosie lost. I think Rosie lost. I say that. (laughs) Yes, Rosie lost. I had to go back and check. Right. (laughs) No, I understand. uh, I mean, as, yep. I mean, the way that you explain it, I mean, seriously, to anyone listening, you, you have to understand that ABA is is a pioneer in the spectator sport like event community. It truly is one of the only things that I've been through where you simply you do you're on the edge of your seat because it can simply go anyway. And that's what's so great about it, I think, is what you mentioned is that, you know, yeah, there are roles that govern it, but it's also so much performance and, you know, I, the way that you guys select people and writers, it, it's just, it really all comes together and it's really nice. Well, thank you. We put a lot of work into it and I love to see that people are enjoying it. And that's really what I want out of it is I just want people to have fun with it. Exactly. I, yes, I absolutely uh, think that people are having fun with it. And I hope that, you know, people tuning in right now, uh, hopefully you guys can catch the next fight, which probably you know, by the time this releases, will be past the grudge match tonight, but you will have to catch the next one. By the way, when is the next fight after the grudge match? So after recording tonight, we're going straight into it. Uh, Tonight at 8 is going to be that grudge match between Season 1 Fight 1's fighters, Dastin, who is a racer, as well as Aramel. Uh, This is actually postponed. But after that, we have June 6th, which actually takes place between two people who know each other very well out of character. And their characters in character are sort of frenemies. I like that word. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, we have Rosie and Alex. Rosie, like the same Rosie, our, our uh, one of our coordinators, Rosie, and Alex, who Alex Lale is somebody who Rosie knows very well. They're both very much into the sport. And June 6th, at it's actually going to be at 8.30. Uh, most of our fights take place at 8 on Sunday. This one's going to be 8.30 on June 6th at the Tian Monastery. Yeah, Tian Monastery Jade Forest in Pandaria, which I, I do have to say, it is... I think one of the best places you could have possibly chosen for the event. Oh, we went through so many locations. Like, I could go down a list, but ultimately we came down to this one for two reasons. The shape of it. It's just a ring. It's a boxing ring. It's a square in the ground. It's a nice little area inside. It's got seating. It's area around it. The environment's beautiful for it. Uh, We do have a backup arena, though, and it's, I believe, what another group is going to be using for their stuff in the future. I'm not going to go into details about that, Uh, but it is still in the Tian Monastery. It's just a larger area. The other reason is because it's small. It kind of gave that almost like old school underground fighting ring. It's like darker inside than it is outside. It's tight, like your shoulder to shoulder, like, you know, fists in the air, cheering and pumping as two people knock each other's jaws off in the ring. Oh, right. And I mean, uh, it's so intimate is the word I would use. It's it's very yes, intimate. There you go. Um, and there have been fights where Kitsch will just be sitting on the sideline and all of a sudden there's someone, you know, passed out two centimeters away from him. It's really <laughs> it's really like front row stuff. Um, and I, yep. it's so awesome. Uh, so I guess tying into my next question for you here, um, you know, I've been to ABA a few times already. I intend to keep going. Uh, but what would you say to someone who's never been to ABA and they're curious about what they're going to see, what they're going to hear, read? Uh, what would you put their expectations at? So an audience, uh, a new audience member who's never seen it before, whether we picked them up from just shouts in the city or they saw us on Discord or on Twitter or somewhere else, they should expect to be in a fast-paced, 
uh, back and forth boxing match. Like you, you're going to be seeing two people who know what they're doing with gloves on, just taking turns, trying to knock each other's face off and beautifully written emotes. There's very little downtime. It's just quick and visceral. It's just, and that's the experience. It's visceral. But I will also say to sort of add on to that as a new contender, there's a little bit of work that goes into it. I want to find, I don't want just anybody to jump into this. I want to find people who can dedicate to it, who can really deliver exactly that kind of experience. So what we do is we do auditions and we look for those people. Yeah. And uh, something else that I think is really awesome that happened uh, this season at ABA is I guess a, a, a shout out to people who do want to compete. There is nothing stopping a new contender from beating a champion, which Absolutely. is uh, it was a it was a fantastic night. Uh, secretly, I was like, man, I want William Hawk to to beat the champion as much as I shouldn't yep. say it. But then it happened. And I was like, gosh, that that really is what RP is about. I love it. Anything can happen. The roles dictate what goes on. It's like uh, somebody asked me a while ago, like, do champions get bonuses? Do people of different statures get bonuses or skill levels? Do they get bonuses? No, it's just flat D20. It's totally up to the fates. Whatever you roll is what happens. Exactly. And I, I mean, as far as like D20 systems built from scratch go, I mean, top tier, top tier, real good stuff. Um, Thank you. And I guess that just leaves my last question, which uh, is kind of open ended. Um, how would you describe, you know, moving forward? ABA is, you know, obviously something that has been very popular um, with the recent, you know, Polygon coverage and, you know, with the Discord getting a lot more folks into it. Um, moving forward past season two, past, you know, the, the postseason stuff, how do you see the future of ABA turning out? What are you guys looking for? Well, to be honest, I'm not I'm not looking for huge growth. Uh, I've long, I've long since this has started, I've, I've said repeatedly, I'm not interested in the clout. I'm not interested in just trying to get more people to pack into that room. I'm just looking for people who want to go, who want to have fun. So honestly, if we never see more than 40 or 50 people, that's fine by me. As long as every single one of those 40 or 50 people who show up are there because they want to be there because they enjoy what they see. That's all I'm looking for. But long term, given a couple of years down the road, who knows? We might we might no no one has a crystal ball to see what's going to happen. And if we get some some position where we need more staff or we need a bigger building or we need to do something, then we're just gonna have to roll with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I firmly believe that, you know, whatever happens to AB, it's gonna stay exceptional and it's gonna stay super entertaining. Um, and I would go as far to say that ABA and its coordinators have just been real pioneers for the sporting community as a whole um, and bringing everyone together into a single space, which, of course, <laughs> brings me into <laughs> yep. um, a project that me, you and another ABA coordinator, Volhelian, have been kind of working on together. Um, and that is AESN, the Azerothian Entertainment and Sports Network. Um so uh, I'm interviewing you, so I'm not going to I'm not going to explain it. Um, I'm going to toss it over to you. Uh, how would you explain AESN? What is it kind of what the project is about? So on the various RP servers that are out there in the various communities, there exists already a number of newspapers and they're very broad. 
they cover everything from political role play to criminal RP to just every facet of life, every little thing that happens. And we've gotten mentions. We've had whole articles. As a matter of fact, Vol, we just mentioned him. Uh, we They've written articles, whole articles that have been published in the Stormwind Daily. And it's been great. Like, we love seeing that kind of stuff. We love seeing people react to it. But like I said, it's very broad and broad brush strokes don't make a very detailed picture. So we have the AESN. And what we want to do is to create a more focused community where more events and event hosts like us for Crash Cog and ABA can come together and do exactly that. Create a sports network where hopefully as time moves on we can encourage an audience to go from one event to the next event and i'd like to sort of signal boost some of those smaller events that are out there yeah if there's somebody out there who and anybody who's listening and you've got a small event and you're putting your heart and soul into it and you're just having trouble getting off the ground get a hold of us because we want you we want you in aesn and we want to help you because we want your event to succeed yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as I mentioned in the previous segment, uh, the Discord for the podcast will be in my Twitter bio, so you can get a hold of uh, myself through there, or you can get a hold of Zale or Volhelion through the Azerothian Boxing Association Twitter account. Uh, and I believe that is at Azeroth Boxing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So you can get a hold of either of us there to get involved in AESN. Um, something that I'm particularly really excited about with this project is just the different types of media that we're dipping our hands into, going beyond writing articles into uh, things that I know you're interested in, like voice acting uh, and things that yep. I like doing, like, you know, graphic design and stuff like that. Um, so talk a little bit about kind of like the news feed and kind of what the structure of, you know, getting the word out looks like. So I think this is as much exploratory as, as it is explanatory because I'm still kind of putting that together. I'm trying to get that structure hammered down as it is. But ideally, what I'd like to do is to create two things. I would like voiceover ads. I would like a quick ad instead of like, you know, you've seen it in the numerous discords that are out there. Big, long-winded posts that basic, basically boil down to where, when. You could just do that and it would be just as effective. It probably more effective because it's not just busy right you can't get that information from it um I, I would like to create just a an entertaining voice ad that's embedded into discords or on twitter or on whatever platform we can put it on that gets that media across without having to stop them and go okay what's this scroll by oh that's got a pretty picture click join whatever <laughs> right you know what i mean <laughs> the other thing i'd like to create is a little bit of like a, a retrospective, like a podcast in which we talk about events that have recently happened and promote the upcoming events in them. So nothing more than a couple of minutes here and there, just basically like a news broadcast, a sports broadcast. Uh, such, and, uh, such and such happened at this brawl on this day. This person won. This person walked away with a broken arm. Or in Crash Cog's case, like somebody came up from in the last race and Almost won it only to come in dead last in the next race. And I think you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> right, right. Shout out to you, <laughs> shout out to you Athelian. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, it's uh that's basically it. I'm just trying to create those two things and I'm working on the format. And once I'm able to produce some content, you guys are gonna have it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I should mention that uh, the Crash Cog Cup is an affiliate of AASN. Uh, additionally, ABA is an affiliate of AASN. Uh, we also, I think, have Major League Carpball, uh, Months and Brawl, and we also have uh, Azeroth Championship Wrestling in there as well. Uh, but as Zale said, uh, we're, of course, looking for, you know, more people who have a sporting event that they're trying to get out there. And additionally, I think the really cool thing that AASN is going for is, you know, just because there is a, I don't know, a, a boxing event, just because there's a brawl event that's, you know, already popular doesn't mean that you can't start one for yourself. Um, exactly. And, you know, kind of create your own little corner of the sporting world. Um, and it's going to be great. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, me too, man. Like there's going to be, I know there's going to be scheduling conflicts. There are going to be similar events, but as you said, just because you have something similar doesn't mean you're not welcome. People can coexist. Not every event is, every event is identical and different things happen at these things. That's what the, the beauty of roles are. Something miraculous could happen at another person's boxing event. Somebody else creates a boxing event. I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to encourage them. I want more of this. I want more people to get out there and live their dream and not be discouraged because somebody else is already doing it. Go do it. Do something different. Do something else. Bring whatever you have to the table and let's see it. Let's see that creativity fly. Absolutely. Period, period. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that really is what it's about. And that's so exciting, you know, in the broad respect of, you know, what this podcast is about is, you know, holding a magnifying glass up to these, you know, smaller niches of the roleplay community. Um, and I firmly believe that ASN will be an engine for it, that this podcast will be an engine for it. Uh, and looking forward, I mean, I'm just so excited about the implications of a community that instead of feeling like people have to compete with each other, they can just reach out and say, you know, hey, you know, I'm doing this event and, you know, we can boost them. We can encourage them because, you know, that's just what it's all about. Yeah. Like the, like I said before, there's so many discords out there. We like legitimately we post about 20 ads at a time over various discords. <laughs> right. And completely honest. I think we hit most of the same people in most of those communities. Mm -hmm. Advertising is only so effective in the current state that it's in. But if we can get events like this posted with voice acting or with something catchy and entertaining and not difficult to consume, those smaller events are going to blossom. And I can't wait for that. Absolutely. And it, it is going to be so exciting. Um, as far as AASN, that's really all that I uh, feel like we, we can really cover right now. I know that we're not live at the moment, um, but do you have any, uh, any, any word for the people <laughs> when, when that Discord <laughs> server will be going live? ASAP. Uh, I believe we've gotten all of the preliminaries out of the way. Uh, I just need to produce some content at this point. I'm comfortable with going live right now, but uh, I would like to have in my heart of hearts some actual content out there before we do so, because right now it's no more effective than the millions of other discords that are out there. We just have text ads. Once some content is produced, things will start to move. Absolutely. And it's going to be great. So um, if you're listening in today, keep an eye out for it. I will certainly, if this podcast comes out uh, before AASN releases their official Discord, I will, of course, post the information in that server, which can be found in my Twitter bio. Um, but as far as AASN goes, I think we've I think we've tied that up pretty nicely. I think so. Yeah, well, Zale, that is really all that I had to uh ask you today on my little list of little list of questions but truly if there is anything else you wanted to say shout outs you wanted to give uh the floor is yours oh first i want to shout out vol they do so much work they are literally the heart and soul of aba just because i wrote the rules for it doesn't mean that i have any 
weight or leverage over it. Vol does so much for it. Not only that, they do so much for our own guild. They do so much for the community. They do so much for so many people on, a, on an individual level. They're really out there. They're doing the work. Vol is definitely out there as the heart and soul of all of this. So big shout out to them. And honestly, I want to give a big shout out to you because like if going back to the AESN is just a recent example, Crash Cog, you Kitch, you've done so much good out there for, for the community. You stepped up, you basically in the last year, I feel like you came out of nowhere and you just, you have this energy about you. You just, you get it done, man. <laughs> you get it done oh, and you man. do it with gusto. So I can't thank you enough for everything you're doing for the community. It really does legitimately warm my heart for what you're doing for people. Well, gee, you got me, you got me blushing in my walk-in closet right now, <laughs> Zale. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course, man. It's good talking to you. Of course. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, after this segment, we're just going to go into a few post-interview things like today's uh, RP spot. We're going to be talking about RP spots that people can use that may be lesser known. And then we're going to tie up this episode and that'll be that. All right, Zale. Well, it was nice talking to you, and uh, farewell until next time when we inevitably talk again. I can't wait. Let's do it. Transmission concluded. If you would like to learn more about the Azerothian Boxing Association, their website will be linked in the episode description. Before we wrap up episode one today, we of course are going to have our episode... Uh, RP spot. Every episode, I want to talk about a roleplay spot that maybe is uh, not very well known, so people can, you know, facilitate a little bit more world roleplay. Uh, I know that not uh, everyone wants to roleplay in Ogrimmar, not everyone wants to roleplay in Stormwind all the time, and it's good to get out there. Sometimes there are some really great proxy locations and some really great scenic, you know, places that are just perfect for very specific types of RP. Uh, and of course, today's is the X2 Pincer located in the ruins of Gilneas. This is you know, obviously a very gnome engineer-centric area. If you're not aware, the X2 Pincer is the gnomish submarine that is docked um, really close to the lighthouse in, in Gilneas. Um, so, you know, you have Gilneas City, and then you have the ruined bridge, and then you have that little village that's right on the shore. It's going to be right there, uh, and of course there's no way to get into it. The door is not open, the hatch is sealed, uh, and the only way that you're usually able to get inside the uh, X2 Pincer model is to go through the entire uh, Vastgear questline, and the uh, finale quest has, you know, a very brief uh, uh, questline where you're inside of the actual submarine. And of course, you know, everyone loved that quest as much as they hated Vastgear. But you can actually get inside of the X2 Pincer, which is insane. Um, I know that when uh, Kitsch owned a submarine for a very long period of time, you know, I would use the X2 Pincer for things. Uh, it's not very hard to get into. Uh, I'll try to explain the exploit as best as I can. Um, it really just involves you uh, and a mammoth mount, pre uh, preferably a mount that um, takes you high off of ground level when you mount up. There's a great video of how to do this on YouTube already. However, I don't want to send you, you know, searching for another uh, video just to figure it out. Um, so I'm going to try to explain it the best I can without any visuals. Basically, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to swim to the underside of the X2 pincer. Um, and you should see a kind of cylindrical hatch at the center of the bottom of the submarine's hull. It's very hard to miss. It's a circular metal hatch. 
What you're going to do is you're going to swim all the way up to the top of it and press your character to the bottom of the hatch. Um, try and position them until your camera auto zooms to the fullest, because uh, that means that you've hit kind of the, the niche area that you need to get into for the exploit to work. Uh, what you do next is very simple. Um, it is the Alt F4 uh, exploit with a mount. What you're going to do is you're going to mount up on a mammoth, preferably, but you can use something else like get too high off the ground. You're going to mount up, and right before you finish charging up your mount, right before you actually get mounted up, you're going to Alt F4, which closes the game. So again, if you are already mounted up when you closed the game, you've done it wrong. You have to make sure that you do it uh, before you mount up, because what this does is it pushes your character through the hatch um, because the mount takes you off of the ground. Um, and because you logged out, it doesn't actually push you back down. So when you log back in again, your character should actually be inside of the submarine, um, or at least inside of the bottom portion of the hatch. All you have to do to get into it is uh, get on a flying mount and then face up and just fly through the um, the floor, I guess. And then you're inside of the X2 pincer. It really is quite that easy. Um, it is a wonderful place for, uh, you know, any type of secret lab, submarine type of uh, roleplay. And there really, I mean, there's nothing like it. It is the only place on Azeroth that is like it. Of course, if you have the submarine in your uh, Warlords of Draenor Garrison, the same exploit works. I had a few issues with, you know, a disconnect wall that would, you know, keep booting me out of the game, and I had to eventually uh, do the stuck character exploit. Uh, but I've never had that happen with the X2 pincer. So I wish you the best of luck. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, join the Discord. Uh, ask me. Uh, I know all the I know all the tricks <laughs> for sure. And that really is it. That is the end of episode one of Live from Ulduar. I hope you guys enjoyed listening just as much as I enjoyed recording it inside of my walk-in closet. Uh, it's been great compiling, uh, you know, different topics, different people to talk to. Uh, and when I tell you that the season ahead is just going to be jam-packed with awesome content, I cannot overstate it. It's going to be so much fun. But of course, we're always looking for more uh, people to come in and, and talk about their events, talk about their characters, a topic that they feel passionate about. Um, we will never hit the maximum amount of people that can come on the show. There will always be room for someone to come on the show. Uh, you know, as long as you have a, a decent microphone and, and a, a fire that burns in your heart for roleplay, we would love to have you on Live from Ulduar. So seriously, join up. We'll talk about it. We'll get you on the show. It's going to be awesome. As far as things for the end of the episode that I would like to add, we are, of course, going to be looking at, you know, event calendars, compiling a list of, you know, hey, here's here's your month at a glance. Here are some exciting events coming up that you can attend. Uh, I didn't really want to do that right now just because my access to calendars is kind of minimum. Um, I think that I could do more in that respect and that regard, uh, especially because, you know, I only have access to Moonguard calendars on pretty much the Alliance side, and I would very much like to talk about Horde, Wormrest Accord, Alliance, you know, Wormrest Accord, um, and also Argent Dawn on the EU server. I would love to talk about you guys as well. So that'll be coming in the future, but for now, thank you so much for joining me, your host, your mechanized menace, Kitsch Goldwad. We will see you next time here in the Titanforged Depths of Ulduar, where we talk about seemingly another fascinating roleplay topic. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you are on this crazy planet. Uh, I wish you the best, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.